Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. with you and 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 um I think it helps to it, you know when I learned this I'm like oh my goodness you know back in the late 17th and 18th century um black there were black indentured servants and white indentured servants and they all would work for the seven years and and get their freedom and they didn't see any difference in each other. No, nobody worried about skin color. They married each other. You know, these were poor whites and poor blacks in the same boat. So they were slaves, but they were both slaves and both had the opportunity to work out of slavery. But then they started looking at the injustices that they faced and started then trying, you know, the people with money you know, they started the the, the 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 poor whites and poor blacks were they you know they married each other they lived together they were just like we would be, and um, they started looking at what was happening to them and decided we need to do something about it you know about this. Well, the people with money, the elite, decided hey, we need to do something here to divide them. So that's when they made black people servants for life. That's when they put laws in place forbidding them to marry each other. That's when they created the racism that we know of today. They did it to keep us divided. And they, it started working so well, they said, gosh, we feel like we've come up on something here that can last generations. And here we are, over 400 years later, and it's still working. Good afternoon, and the Most High, in the name of Christ, bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room, where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Uh, what you just listened to was a uh, clip of uh, Shirley Sherrod. Shirley Sherrod is now the former a director of the Georgia USDA, and uh, she was she was forced to resign for what was perceived to be racist uh, comments at a uh, NAACP event in Southwest Georgia. I uh, want to remind you at this point that uh, we do have the chat room open. It's available for you to use. If you like, you can go in there and post a comment or question, or just uh, take a look at uh, the comments and the questions that are in there. Um, <clears throat> The topic today is racism, and uh, in, in the United States, as you just heard, you know, it's, it's, racism is a relatively new phenomena, uh, you know, of a few hundred years old, and, um, you know, many people have a notion about racism, and sometimes that notion is not correct. Um, so just to clarify, you know, let's take a look at what the dictionary definition of racism is. 
And uh, from dictionary.com, there were three different uh, definitions. One, a belief or doctrine that inherent differences among the various human races determine cultural or individual achievement, usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to rule others. Number two, a policy, system of government, etc., based upon or fostering such a doctrine, discrimination. Number three, hatred or intolerance of another race or other races. So that's what we're going to be discussing, and uh, that gives us a, a uh, springboard to uh, jump into this conversation on racism. And joining me in the virtual living room to discuss this matter of racism, we have first off Brother Kabar. Yes, shalom, brothers and sisters. Once again, it's good to be with you this early Sunday afternoon. I give thanks and glory, honor, and praise to God in the name of Christ. And we all also have Kazakia. Uh, shalom to all the brothers in the on the panel, shalom to all the listeners. Uh, all praises to Heavenly Father in Christ uh, for the opportunity to come back and uh, participate in another blog discussion. And we also have Abijah. Hey, shalom, everyone. How you doing? All right, brothers. Um, you know, it's been now uh, how many years? At least about 40 years since uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated uh, during the Civil Rights era. And you would think that 40 years later that um, things like lynchings and so forth would not be taking place. You would think that the racism that takes place, and we're not hitting, hitting it on the mark. This country is not hitting that on the mark. It is missing, missing the mark by a long shot in a lot of different areas. And people, uh, many people are disturbed by the fact that the government seems to be, seems to be missing the mark. Um, I want to uh, just to highlight the fact that you know it is uh, prevalent now, and to what degree. I want to play a couple of clips here. This first one is from um, a, a crime that was committed in a uh, South Carolina town called Newberry. Here's the clip. Racial tensions running high in Newberry County as the investigation continues in the death of this man, Anthony Hill. On June 2nd, deputies determined Hill was first shot to death before being dragged for miles. While this man sits in jail charged with Hill's murder, a community gathers to understand why the suspect has not been charged with a hate crime. WIS's Dara Copley was there, and Dara, what did folks there want to know? Well, the question most asked in tonight's meeting, what defines a hate crime? It's when someone is killed because of their race, sexual orientation, or disability. And right now, the U.S. Attorney General says he will make the decision when the investigation is complete. Emotions filled the small auditorium at Newberry County High School, especially for Anthony Hill's family. I just want to say for the murder of my husband. I have two kids that need their dad And I hope he has, I hope the family suffers the same way my kids and his. Which is grieving family that want justice. I know you have to the panel made up of police, the U.S. Attorney General's office, and a minister continue to remind the family and the audience you can't rush justice. After the meeting, folks had their differing opinions. This rumor that is a lot of tension, 
but uh, to feel it, you can feel it. I can feel it. And I, I think it's a hate crime. When they drug you behind the car, I think it's a hate crime. But it's not about the race of the man. I just see the fact that a man was killed right there, you know, in my neighborhood. And that's something that I have to deal with on a daily basis. It's going to start with us as the Newberry citizens to work together to be able to get things like this to get us all through this. The fact that there is racial problems in the city, in this county, and in the state, and that was not really addressed. It's important to remember that murder in South Carolina is the state's highest offense. Sheriff Lee Foster says there are no state laws defining a hate crime. If the investigation determines Hill's death is a hate crime, Gregory Collins will face federal charges. Live in the studio, Derek Hopley, WIS News 10. Abaja, uh, this is a situation where uh, a white man has killed a black man and then dragged his body behind a pickup truck. Um, does that pretty much define a racist act? Well, that depends purely on the uh, perspective of the person trying to really, you know, say whether it was or whether it wasn't. And what I mean by that is that you had several people that made comments, and the one thing that actually that really rang true according to the scriptures is that the, the judge is waiting until they examine all of the evidence to determine whether or not it was a crime that was motivated strictly on race or there were other factors involved. And there's a scripture that goes along with that. Um, matter of fact, hold on one second. So I think Christ has mentioned it where he says, uh, judge uh, not according to appearance, but righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, John 7, 24. All right, there we go. I want to read that real quick. I'm correct. Book of John. Basically, <clears throat> I had a couple other things lined up, but this is going straight to the point. Okay, this is John 7:24. Now, the thing is, is that, you know, this is actually going along the same lines because what happened is you had the scribes and the Pharisees that were trying to accuse Christ of uh, the Lord of breaking the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Okay. And killing a man and saying that he was in transgression of the law. And where, in fact, he was really doing the work of the Lord. So the point is still the same, Matthew 7 and 24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. So when you look at the examples of righteous judgment in the scriptures, you know, before, you know, according to the, like, you know, you go back in the Old Testament, there were laws in that Old Testament showing that at the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything shall be established. And even when you go into Matthew 18, you know, as far as the process to restore a brother, when they have to call witnesses, you know, if it gets to that point, you're still dealing with at the mouth of two or three witnesses. So the thing is, things can look like, you know, can appear to be one thing, but until you examine all of the evidence and the motives and things like that, that's not righteous judgment. That's judging according to the appearance. And according to the scriptures, we cannot do that. You know, right now, listening to what you're saying and what you're bringing out, um, I'm, I'm reminded of the images I've seen throughout my life of black men being hanged from trees, being burned at stake, uh, and so on and so forth, while there's a group of white spectators. And, you know, in, in my mind, those were always racist acts. They were racist deeds. 
Uh, it was because, you know, the whites felt they were so superior until uh, the laws didn't apply to blacks so that they could just take them out without going to court or anything like that, hang them, lynch them. Okay, and this act is reminiscent of exactly that. It's, but what you're bringing out is that there's some righteous judgment. But, I mean, doesn't, doesn't this say that this was an act of racism? You know, the fact that this is a white man dragging this man behind a pickup truck. Now, killing him, that's one thing. But to drag him behind a pickup truck is one of those acts that's indicative of racism. Am I wrong about that? Well, let's look at the scriptures because, see, the thing is that a lot of black people have to understand is that, first of all, the reason why we're in the conditions that we're in and the reason why we experience the things that we experience is because we broke the commandments of the Heavenly Father. I'm going back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I'm going to just go right to the point, and we're going to cut to the chase because at the end of the day, it wasn't about, you know, the white man, you know, uh, oppressing the black man and all this other stuff. I'm going to go read Deuteronomy 28, and I'm going to go straight to the point at verse 45. It says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and shall overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. 46. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. 48. Therefore thou shalt serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things, and he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. So even when you read on, the Lord is showing us that the reason why these things are happening to us as a people is because we strayed from him and we had to go into captivity. And furthermore, now that Christ has come and given us a true understanding of what it means to keep the commandments, it, it basically the love of many shall wax cold. Okay. Keeping the commandments has, in, in this day and age, has nothing to do with your color, the color of your skin, or how you're supposed to conduct yourself and deal with other people on this earth. Okay. So the whole thing about racism, when you deal with it in the scriptures, that it, it doesn't stand, it doesn't have a leg behind Because Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. So if everyone is observing the voice of Christ, then it's, not, it's a non-issue. And because people don't want to deal with Christ, then they're going to continue to have to deal with their own vain philosophies on why things are happening and continue to run around in circles and not to be able to find answers or get to the cause. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for bringing that part out, especially about the captivity. And I want to uh, uh, go in that a little bit deeper with uh, Kazakia here in just a moment. Um, you know, because there's there's uh, there are people here in the United States, you know, black people, who uh, have a notion about how to become liberated, how to gain that freedom. And Kazakia, uh, right after I uh, go to a couple of announcements about some of the activities of uh, the Body of Christ Church then uh, I'll, I'll ask you to uh, speak on that for us. Shalom, brothers and sisters. My name is Hush Young from the Body of Christ Church in Waterbury. I would like to take this time to invite you or anyone you know that lives in or is planning to visit the Waterbury area of Connecticut. That's covering the areas of Waterbury, Middlebury, 
Prospect and Walker to tune into our show, Revelation of the Testament, airing every Saturday at 12 noon to 1 p.m. on Channel 13. And may the Most High in Christ bless your understanding and increase the fruits of your righteousness. from the Body of Christ Church in St. Louis. I would like to invite you to our show in the SDL. The shows air every Wednesday at 6 p.m. It is an hour show on Charter Communications, channel 980 and 981. So take some time out to get the good word and may the Most High Christ bless you. Okay, back with you talking about racism, uh, racism in the United States. Have we actually made any progress? Of what is racism? Uh, you know, talking about different views on it, but also uh, getting clarification on exactly what your perspective and position should be on racism according to the Holy Scriptures. And Kazakia, uh, what I'd like to do at this point, I'd like to uh, play a clip here, um, just a couple of comments that were made by uh, one of the influential members of the new Black Panther Party, and uh, then, you know, get you to uh, address it. Hold on just one second. Here it is. Protecting the new Black Panthers from voter intimidation charges. The head of the group, now with these kind words. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate it. You want freedom? You're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies. Okay. Why would the Justice Department drop charges against that guy? We're going to talk about that. All right. Of course, you can see that uh, the news reporters, they're concerned about, you know, the Justice Department bringing charges against them or not bringing charges against them. But um, what I'd like to know, Kazakia, um, he's talking about uh, if you want freedom. And uh, Abadja mentioned earlier that we are in this captivity because of uh, our disobedience to the Most High God. But he's saying that if you want freedom, that you're going to have to kill white people. You're going to have to kill their babies even. Now, how much of that is true? None of it. Now, none of it. I say none of it as far as wanting freedom, having to kill. First of all, the scriptures tell us all day long in Exodus 20, chapter, verse 13, thou shalt not kill. The proper understanding of that scripture is thou shalt not murder. And murder is an unjustifiable killing. Okay. So as far as what the brother Abaja, going back to what he brought out, is correct. The reason why we are here suffering the way that we're suffering is because we as a people, Israelites, have been disobedient to the Heavenly Father's commandments, law, statutes, commandments. So as a result, we're being punished for our disobedience. Now, what I would like to do, if we want true freedom, we have to look at it from a spiritual perspective and not from the carnal perspective. And by that, i like to reference the words of Christ in John chapter 8 and verse 32, where it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So now Christ said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth that Christ is referring to in John the 8th chapter, Christ is referring to himself. To prove that, John chapter 14 and verse 6, where it says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh to the Father but by me. So Christ is telling us again, he is the truth. So when Christ said in John 8 and 32, and ye shall know the truth, he said, ye shall know me. So how do we know Christ? We know Christ when we are following his example and keeping his commandments through his example. That's how we know Christ. That's proven in 1 John. Bear with me, please. That's proven in 1 John. <clears throat> uh, where is that scripture, brothers, where it says, He that saith, I know him. Here it is, 1 John 2 and verse 4. He that saith, I know him, meaning Christ, I know Christ, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So the overall point is for us to get the true freedom, don't look at it from a carnal perspective. We have to achieve that through the spiritual perspective, and we get freedom by repenting in Christ and keeping the commandments. Now, freedom from what? Romans, bear with me, please. Romans chapter 6, and it says, uh, in verse 18, goes to the point. Being then free, excuse me, being then made free from sin, he became the servant of righteousness. We became free from sin, or we become, excuse me, free from sin when we repent. In other words, we change our mindsets, we put our mindsets in the scriptures, and we live our lives through the example and the teachings of Jesus Christ, and that's how we become free from sin. Once we become free from sin and we become those true and righteous men and women of the Lord, then all the other things come or fall into its proper perspective. Now, in Christ, I also would like to read Romans 13 and 1. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist receive, excuse me, shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, the reason why this particular scripture comes to mind is that when we are in Christ, we know the truth, we are free from sin, we still have to submit ourselves to the ordinances and laws and statutes of whatever land that we are living in. As long as those ordinances and statutes and laws that we are submitting ourselves to do not contradict or violate the commandments of the Heavenly Father. So saying all that, no, it is not justifiable for us to, uh, to go out there and, and, and murder white babies. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 12 and verse 17 says this, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Okay. Um, now, there's another uh, situation that occurred that's very similar to the one in Newberry, South Carolina. And this uh, happened in Orange County. I'm not sure if this is Orange County, California, uh, Texas, Florida, wh where it is, but it's in Orange County. And this is a crime that was perpetrated by a 35-year-old white man against a 26-year-old black woman. And what happened is uh, apparently they had gone on a date and uh, something went wrong. The man uh, struck her in the head with a hammer. Uh, and I think that's that that's probably what killed her. But afterwards, he actually dragged her uh, like a quarter of a mile, half mile, maybe a mile behind his pickup truck. Here again, another incident that is reminiscent of Ku Klux Klan lynchings 
uh, you know, 50 years, 100 years ago. So, Kabar, uh, I'll, I'll address this to you. Um, does it seem that maybe on situations like this, that maybe um, the new Black Panther Party might have the right idea when, you, when you're talking about protecting yourself? Because, you know, you don't want this to happen to your people. And this is actually happening. Here are two situations. So could they, in, in, under certain circumstances, have the right idea? Well, the thing is this. The brothers already read Romans the 13th chapter. And under that, there are certain legal ways you can go about protecting yourself, preventing crime, preventing uh, certain abuses against your, your personal rights, you know, in America that we find ourselves. Those are the avenues you could pursue. But the thing, of course, that you have to look at is overall the protection that comes from the Heavenly Father. And it's not going to come by you getting in groups, getting guns, and being a vigilante. You go to the scriptures in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That is the only way to change our condition. That is the only way <clears throat> the only way that we're supposed to be seeking to protect ourselves and lift ourselves out of the conditions that we're in. It's not going to be by power or by might, guns or by the multitude of men gathering together. That's not what's going to do it. It's going to be by us repenting, coming back to Christ, and then through us, performing the righteous works that God set for us, the, <clears throat> he's going to move these in, <clears throat> excuse me, in a direction mm -hmm. that he wants them to go in. Now, the thing is that this whole thing that we see, either the Black Panther Party or anything like that, that's not new in our history. I just want to take you back to an example. This is in a book of Acts, uh, chapter uh, 5, starting at verse 35. It's the same, the same situation where our people were under um, – another nation pretty much uh, uh, under tribute in subjection. And the thing is that you had those of our people who rose up, got in gangs or groups, and tried to revolt against certain aspects of the society. And this scripture is going to bring out two, two aspects of that. Uh, Acts chapter 5 and uh, verse 35, this is when Gamaliel, one of the elders among, among the people in the circumcision, began to give his advice concerning the apostles, and other things that has happened in the community. And it said, and he said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men when they're speaking about the apostles that they brought before him. Now he's going to give examples. For before these days rose up Judas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves. See, these are people raising up in the community trying to start movement. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's what? who were slain, and all, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. That, that movement didn't turn into anything. Whatever he was trying to lead the people or revolt against didn't work. Let's go to another example. After these men wrote up Jude, Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing, this is not talking about Judas Maccabeus, I mean, this is not talking about Judas Iscariot, but another Judas, rose up in the day of taxing. And you have a lot of people whether it's taxation in this community, whether it's police abuse, whether it's any of these things, various aspects of society, you have groups of people who want to raise up, develop their own system and methods for dealing with it. 
In the last example we just read in the scripture that didn't work, let's read about this example. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the time of taxing and drew away uh, much people after him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. So we see these movements have been going on in our community against the government, against other groups forever, and none of them have worked. The Black Panther Party before didn't work as far as carrying out, in, in the past it was about protecting our people in our community and things like that. Obviously, the overall goal of, of that was not achieved because we're, we're seeing the same exact thing today. And now the same uh, old uh, method is being used again, and just like before, it's not going to work. Because the thing is that, like the scripture says, not by power or by might, but by his spirit. Is God through Christ who's going to deliver us out of these situations, who's going to set us back in our own land under our own laws, and the world is going to be set in order according to Christ and the commandments in the end. And none of these movements, these vigilante, violence, or whatever, is going to work. And that, that's really the fact of the matter. Okay. Well, brother, thank you for bringing that clarification out of the scripture. Just want to say to anyone who's listening in right now that you, you're welcome to stop by the virtual living room by calling 646-716-7749. At this time, uh, I want to uh, introduce uh, the audience to some other activities that go on in the Body of Christ Church. Giving all praise to the Most Honest Son Christ. Uh, for those that live in the NYC in Manhattan, we have a show that airs every Friday at 3.30 on Time Warner Cable, Channel 57. The Brothers of the Body of Christ Church welcome you to visit our YouTube channel. The web address for the channel is www.youtube.com forward slash the B-O-C-C 1000. Once again, the YouTube channel web address is www.youtube.com forward slash the B-O-C-C 1000. You can find many insightful classes concerning the understanding of Christ and his teachings dealing with repentance. Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Giving all praises to the Most High, to his son Christ, thank you. Okay, uh, we are back and we are discussing racism. Racism in the United States, and we have uh, talked about uh, a, a few different, a couple of different incidences where uh, black people were actually being uh, killed by white people, and in ways that are reminiscent of lynchings uh, predating the civil rights era. Um, at this point, uh, there's something that came up uh, recently um, where it, a, a a black woman who was the who was the director of the USDA in Georgia, uh, was forced to resign. And this stemmed from some comments that were made in her speech earlier this year to a uh, NAACP event somewhere in Georgia. And I'd just like to play the, the clip that uh, brought about all of this confusion, first of all, and then uh, later on we'll play a clip that kind of cleared things up. So here's the clip that showed the confusion. The first time I was faced with having to 
help a white farmer save his farm. He, he took a long time talking, but he was trying to show me he was superior to me. I knew what he was doing, but he had to come to me for help. What he didn't know while he was taking all that time trying to show me he was superior to me, was I was trying to decide just how much help I was going to give him. <laughs> I was struggling with the fact that so many black people have lost their farmland, and here I was faced with having to help a white person save their land. So I didn't give him the full force of what I could do. I did enough so that when he, I, I assumed the Department of Agriculture had sent him to me, He's at that other, other Georgia Department of Agriculture. And um, he needed to go back and report that I did try to help him. So I took him to a white lawyer that we had, that had attended some of the training that we had provided because Chapter 12 bankruptcy had just been enacted for the family farmer. So I figured if I take him to one of them, that his own kind would take care of him. Now, Abaja, uh, you brought out some, I think it was you that brought out some scripture earlier about uh, righteous judgment. Um, now, when I first heard that clip, and that's, that's all I heard, um, I was very, very disappointed in her because that just sounded like over racism. I was also disappointed at the NAACP for, um, you, you know, in some ways condoning her words, because n nobody gasped that she was saying something like this. You know, uh, you didn't. This was several months ago, and you didn't hear where the NAACP had come in condemnation of her or anything like that. Okay, so now my actions in listening to that and saying and, and thinking, man, she is dead wrong. Was was I wrong or right about that? Well, it basically goes back to St. John seven and fourteen. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Now, I want to combine that with the scriptures in Ecclesiasticus and the Apocrypha. Okay. Um, chapter 19 and verse 13. It says, Admonish a friend, it may be he has not done it, and if he has done it, that he do it no more. Admonish thy friend, it may be he hath not said it, and if he has, that he speak it not again. The point is in 15, because that word admonish basically means to correct. It says, admonish your friend, for many times it is a slander, and believe not every tale. There is one that slippeth in his speech, but not from his heart. And who is he that has not offended with his tongue? So the scriptures gives us the understanding that a lot of times when you hear things, before you want to make a call on it, you might want to go and investigate and get all of the information. And this is a classic case of what we have here, because just from what I understand, you know, with the story and everything that's going on, is that, you know, you have this woman who was basically what they did, the person, from what I understand, you know, that all of this debacle had come from, basically he took one part out of a story, and it was taken out of context, because as we now know that, you know, she later had basically repented of that thought that she had, based on the, you know, the situation, okay, and how she was being dealt with, but she actually had done better 
And I believe she actually, not only did she take the, the white gentleman to uh, get the help that he needed, but actually went to the property, met the family, and basically went above and beyond the call of duty to ensure that he received the, uh, the service that he was due as an American citizen, if you will. Right. So, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to play, play that part also, but go ahead. So, so the point is, is that, you know, when it, when it first came out, you have basically people that because of the, when the media convicts someone, then basically if you don't jump on the bandwagon to co-sign on that so-called judgment, then you're going to be ostracized and criticized for not going along with, you know, the mob rule. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that really struck me, you know, is that, you know, just the, the, the source of the story breaking that, you know, more people didn't speak up and say, wait a minute, that's not the whole story. Or wait a minute, you know, she had to get fired. <laughs> and, you know, the truth had to come out about the whole situation and people had to take their foot out of their mouth. But, you know, it it, it happened for a reason. You know, it, it really happened for a reason. And it's basically just proof positive about the scriptures and how the scriptures rang true. You know, you have to hear the whole story. You cannot make a judgment call off of half of the information. A part right. of the information you have to hear the whole thing. May I, may I read something just right quick off of what he just stated that he just made, please? Absolutely. This is Ecclesiastes chapter eleven and verse seven. Straight to the point. Blame not before thou hast examined the truth. Understand first and then rebuke. What happened? As he already explained, just to paraphrase it again, a small snippet from a speech that she made was taken. And put out there, and, and it created a whole big commotion, where all of that had to have been done from the from the beginning was to listen to everything in its entirety, examine the whole thing first, and then afterwards render some type of judgment. That did not happen. I'll read the scripture again. Blame not before thou hast examined the truth. In other words, don't sit there and make a judgment or formulate a, an opinion before. You have had the opportunity to examine and investigate everything. In the second part of the scripture, it says, understand first and then rebuke. Understand everything in this context, the whole thing, and afterwards correct or render the judgment or whatever uh, that you're going to do with it. Don't just take one piece. You have to deal with everything in this entirety. Well, Doc, do you think that uh, maybe because uh, race is such a sensitive issue now, especially with uh, Barack Obama, a black man, being the president of the United States, uh, that people are just very, very quick to rush to judgment on it without exploring the actual details, like you say in the scriptures, pointing out that you should do. That's what it would appear to be. Uh, you know, everyone is uh, want to pull the race card, or, or in some cases, want to stay away from the race card, want to uh, uh, maintain PC, political political correctness, but that's what it would appear to be. Okay. Let me just go ahead and quickly play a little bit of the clip to kind of clear everything up so that the audience will know what's going on. And here again, the part that um, they were really taking, people are really taking exception for is the fact that she said that she was not going to use the full force of her office in order to help this man. Okay? So here's the part that kind of clears things up. That's when it was revealed to me that y'all, it's about poor versus those who have. And not so much 
about white, it is about white and black, but it's not, you know, it opened my eyes. Because I took him to one of his own. And uh, I put him in his hand and felt, okay, I've done my job. But during that time, we would have these injunctions against the Department of Agriculture. And um, so they couldn't foreclose on him. And I want you to know that the county supervisor had done something to him that I have not seen yet that they've done to any other farmer, black or white. And what they did to him caused him to not be able to file Chapter 12 bankruptcy. <laughs> so everything was going along fine. I'm thinking he's being taken care of by the white lawyer. And then they lifted the injunction against USDA in May of 87. For two weeks, and he was one of 13 farmers in Georgia who received the foreclosure notice. Um, he called me. I said, well, go on and make an appointment at the lawyer. Let me know when it is, and I'll meet you there. So we met at the lawyer's office on the, on the date they had given him. And um, this lawyer sat there. He had been paying his lawyer, y'all. That's what got me. He had been paying the lawyer since November, and this was May. And the lawyer sat there and looked at him and said, well, y'all get old. Why don't you just let the farm go? I could not believe he said that. So I said to the lawyer, I told him, I can't believe you said that. I said, it's obvious to me if he cannot file, file a Chapter 12 bankruptcy to, to stop this foreclosure, you have to file an 11. And the lawyer said to me, I'll do whatever you say, whatever you say, that's the way he put it. But he's paying him, he wasn't paying me any money. You know, so he said, the lawyer said he would work on it. And then about seven days before that man would have been sold at the courthouse steps, the farmer called me and said the lawyer wasn't doing anything. And that's when I spent time there in my office calling everybody I could think of to try to see, help me find the lawyer who would handle this. And finally, I remembered that I had gone to see one just 40 miles away in America. Okay, so you can see by that that, um, you know, she did help the man, and she went, uh, She did everything she possibly could to help him save his farm. And his farm was actually saved. And uh, with her being fired from her position at the USDA, uh, they, that farmer and his wife were people that came out in support of her. Um, Kabar, I got one question for you, um, and that is, uh, you know, by the definition of racism, uh, meaning that, you know, you have one group or race of people that's inherently superior to another group or race of people, and they have the right to rule over them. Is there any truth to that at all, that, you know, uh, it's, it, in some areas, in some time, racism, racism is the correct thing, you know? because you do have a group of people that is inherently superior to another group? Um, no. <laughs> there is no, no group. There is no there group is no of people. Group. No, no, no. There is no group inherently superior to another group of people as it relates to genetics, genes, physical race. No. And this is the reason why, because all races of men have a common ancestry. So that's foolishness. That is not how God has uh, ordained, established, and organized things. Now, 
there is indeed um, an order set up, and that order uh, originally was supposed to be that the nation of Israel, those who are descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, twelve tribes of the sons of Israel, they were designed to be uh, heads of all the nations of the earth, and that the laws, the laws, statutes, and commandments that were given unto them were going to be a light and a beacon to all the other nations, and unto which all the other nations would submit to the keeping of God's commandments. Uh, they, of course, subsequently broke God's laws. Us, of course, broke God's laws and removed ourselves at that time because of our wickedness from that position. But that was restored uh, uh, to the nation of Israel, to those of our people uh, scattered all over the earth, as you read in uh, Deuteronomy 28:68. Um, and now we have an opportunity to come back and read and reclaim that same position. But the superiority and the preeminence is based on the example that the example that God has set forth in the nation of Israel so that they can teach the nations the true righteous way of living, serving and obeying God. And that is according to the law statutes and judgments written in the Bible, explained and exemplified by the life and the edification of Christ. That is what makes the nation of Israel um, dominant and superior in the eyes of God. That is a nation that will be reestablished as the head of all nations at the coming of Christ, and it will be because that example will go forth throughout all the world um, as far as what is righteous living and how do you serve God. It is not based on race. It is not based on physical appearance, genetics, anything like that. It is based on the spirit of God within those people. That is what appoints them as head. That's it. Uh, thank you, brother, for bringing that out. Kazaka, you heard the comments uh, that were made by the member of the New Black Panther Party. Now, um, those those comments are definitely inflammatory. I mean, uh, they are people who, um, they may not be a member of the New Black Panther Party or the NAACP or any other, quote, unquote, uh, black uh, organizations, but they hate whites. And maybe not only hate whites, but they may hate anyone who is not black. Um, what does the scripture say about someone like that? You know, what, is, what, is, what should that person be doing? That's, 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 that's a good question right there. Um, first and foremost, <laughs> excuse me, I'd like to go back and read earlier because it, uh, it, it, it rings true. And Romans, I apologize, excuse me. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12 and verse 18 where it says, If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. So we're supposed to live peaceably with all men. So first and foremost, that peaceably, in other words, we're supposed to be living and being an example of the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ toward everyone. Uh, nowhere can you read in the scriptures where Christ walked around talking about, I hate this race of people, I hate that race of people, I hate uh, the, uh, the Romans, or I, I hate the Macedonians, etc., so on. You don't read that in the scriptures. Christ was the living example of the true application of the commandments. And that's that same example 
that we're supposed to that uh, that we're supposed to exemplify in our lives. And now I'd like to read Matthew. Uh, bear with me, please. This is Matthew, the fifth chapter. Uh, it says in verse sixteen. It says, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." So our example in Christ. It's supposed to, we're supposed to let that example, our uh, uh, example in Christ, or Christ's example in us, excuse me, uh, shine so that men, period, everyone can see the righteousness that comes with submission and obedience to the teachings of Jesus Christ, and they see that example, and then they pattern that example through repentance. Now, as far as hatred is concerned, uh, bear with me one second, please, because uh, in the book of Galatians, uh, excuse me. In the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, that's the lust of the flesh. That's the lust of the flesh. And uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting at uh, verse 16, excuse me, starting at uh, verse 19, I apologize. It says, Now the works of the flesh are the manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So, so for any man or woman that's walking around talking about hate, 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 I hate this, I hate that, I hate this person, I hate that, that is a that's a work of the flesh. That's a lust of the flesh. And if that person does not repent mm-hmm. and take on the example of Jesus Christ and apply his example and his teaching to their lives, they will not see the kingdom of heaven that comes with the return of Jesus Christ. Okay. Abaja, um take take a uh, a young man that was born in the uh nineteen fifties, uh sixties at the height of the Jim Crow era where you had uh, separate but equal. You had separate water fountains, separate schools, uh, separate places in the restaurants and so forth that you had to eat. And, uh, you know, situations where if you were walking down the, down the sidewalk and here's a white person walking towards you, then you need to get off the sidewalk and let them pass by. It, it, take a young man uh, or man that experienced those things and understood that those things were not right. And, that man and his family talked about those things, and they hated white people for perpetrating those evil deeds on them. Take that person and tell me what it is from the scriptures that that person needs to gain an understanding of most of all so that they can do what Kazaki has suggested they do, which is to repent of the hatred. Well, basically, it goes back to... Um but rephrase. Ask the question again, because I I got something that I'm, I'm. Okay. So so take take that person that has all this hate built up, and mm-hmm. somewhat just you can understand understandably so, they mm-hmm. have the hatred built up for white people, but now they understand based on the scriptures that the hatred is incorrect. Mm-hmm. So what what is it that what scripture could they go to resort to, to give them some better understanding on how to remove that hate from their heart? Well, it's not really one scripture I could just point them to. It's really just the whole Bible. Because going back to, uh, you know, Deuteronomy 28, the, the hatred comes from, you know, the hatred is actually misguided. 
Okay. Now, mm-hmm. granted, yeah, it's a natural human reaction to have some type of uh, ill feelings towards someone that's doing wrong to you. But the Lord showed us how to deal with that, too. Because I want to read, go back to the source of the problem. Deuteronomy 28 and 64. It says, And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease. Neither shall the soul of thy foot have rest. But the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart, and failing of eyes, and sorrow of mind. And thy life shall hang in doubt before thee, and thou shalt fear day and night, and shalt have none assurance of thy life. So if we want to be angry at anybody, ultimately to get to the source and the root of the problem, we need to be angry with ourselves. And, and people want to be, you know, people want to be mad at God and say, well, how can God allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. Like you said in the, in the previous show, listen, the Lord already told us what would happen when we strayed away from his commandments. And he also told us what would happen when we repent through his son Christ and try and follow to keep the commandments through his example. So uh, it's, it's basically that cut and dry. Now, does yeah. that mean that, you know, we're going to be lifted out of this captivity and things are just going to be all, you know, just all, you know, tipping through the tulips and things like that? No, it does not. The Lord still requires us to, to serve out this captivity until he sends Christ back to, to release us from it. And that's what people need to remember. But until then, he has given us instructions on how we to dwell in this land. It was brought out earlier as far as, you know, in Romans about obeying the powers that be. So we're not joining a, a coup to overthrow the government. That's madness. You, you're going to find yourself dead or in jail. Okay. And I want to say go uh, back. Go oh, ahead, Art. Yeah, I want uh, to go and, back. Go ahead, Art. <laughs> okay. And, and secondly, as far as more importantly, just dealing with, you know, people in general, you know, the, the righteousness of the, of the scriptures is, is what reigns supreme because it tells you how to deal with your children, how you're supposed to deal with your wife, okay, and how you're supposed to deal with with your brother, even down to, your, to the common man. What about your okay. enemies? It tells us how to deal with our enemies too, to live peacefully with all men. Okay. Yeah. And we, you do what's necessary to keep the peace without going going against the commandments of the Heavenly Father. And one of those commandments is basically obey the powers that be. So if you call yourself keeping the peace, going up and getting getting a, a firearm to go take somebody out, then you have no understanding and you're going to pay for that. All right, no, you want to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because it goes right into what the brothers are bringing out and, and what Kazaki brought out earlier about, uh, which is why it's in us living peaceably with all men. But I just want to go back to that same chapter and read the verse before it and after it. Because it tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 17, it says, Recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. So, yeah, it was an evil committed unto that man. But mm-hmm. for you to go back and retaliate or join a, a new Black Panther Party and do those same thing and kill white babies, all you're doing is rendering evil for evil. And scriptures tell us not to do that. Jump down to verse 19, that same Romans 12, it tells us, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Just point blank. You're not going to get around that. It says, but rather give place into wrath, okay? Not join a, a group to avenge yourself. It says, give place to wrath, uh, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So the Most High is going to do the repaying. You don't have to jump in there and try to create or establish your own justice. 
Now, how do you know the Most High is going to repay? You can go to, to Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8, and it tells us, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory uh, hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, talking about Israel. For he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. There, no nation that has uh, plundered, robbed, spoiled, did anything to Israel is going to get away. God has exactly searched out all their works and will exactly bring them into judgment for everything that they have done, period. And he'll do that through Christ. So you don't have to try to avenge yourself or do anything and know for a sure, surety that everything done in this captivity from the beginning of this to the end, from a nation standpoint down to the every individual, God is going to search it out, bring them to justice, and there's no way that anyone can get around that. You don't have to try to avenge yourself. God is already taking note, taking tally, and it's all written down, okay? But what did God tell us to do? Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning, meaning repenting, and rest ye shall be saved, and quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. So it shows God has given us a pathway of what we have to do in this captivity, how we're going to gain salvation. The fact that people have established their own righteousness, have established their own processes of how they're going to gain justice, and have established their own way of life, which is contrary to the commandments, and that's why you see what's going on today. For those who believe God in the Bible and Christ, we know that vengeance is the Lord. We don't have to render evil for evil, and God is going to bring everybody into judgment through Christ. Well, brother, thank you so much for uh, bringing out all those scriptures, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, all praises due to the Most High that the people who are listening in have been edified by the things that have been brought out about racism uh, and about loving your neighbor and loving your enemies and so forth. And, uh, brothers, I appreciate everyone here in the, in the virtual living room for their participation and also to those in the chat room and those listening in. And until next time, the Most High in the Ninth name of Christ bless you. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at ureach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.